Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. Every child has their own individual sense of self. Some like to express this by wearing a tutu and a hard hat to daycare. And when they're little, it can be an easy choice to let them do this. But what happens when they enter formal education? When there are uniforms and dress codes, how much do we let our kids express themselves then? Anthony Saman is an early learning educator from Saman and Slattery. Hi, Anthony. How are you? I'm really well, and I'm really excited to be back here with you online. I know. Well, soon we'll get you in the studio, very soon. (laughs) Not all children choose to express themselves through their appearance, but for those who do, how important is it to respect that? And what's the balance between respecting that and giving them boundaries? Look, I think it is a balance there, Siobhan. It's, It's, you know... If if I were to think about the way in which we express ourselves, be it the way we have our hair, the way we dress our bodies, it is a way of expressing who we are outwardly to the world. Should there be some boundaries? Do you know, I think for families, sometimes setting those boundaries for their children comes from an absolute place of love you know, not wanting your child to be made fun of, perhaps not wanting your child to stand out too much. But for a child, that expression is oxygen in life. It's it's who they are. It's it's how they want to announce themselves in the world. So I, I think it's a little bit of a balance there between saying to a child, I love you for being you. I want you to bring your whole self forward. I'm worried perhaps a bit about this. Are you worried about this? And and just talking through that with that child is so important. Oh, I love that because I think sometimes as parents, we don't like to admit to our children that we're worried about something, that we just want to give them the leadership and make them feel safe. But you're saying that actually asking them whether it's a concern of theirs as well is a good thing to do. Absolutely. Because part of it, you know, as adults, we want to protect children. We want to protect them from being made fun of. But we could perhaps cause a little bit too much harm by protecting them too much or inadvertently saying who you are by the way you dress or move your body or the way you want to express yourself feels uncomfortable to me, which then sends actually perhaps a contradictory message, which is, You're not who I want you to be. Mm. And, you know, each and every one of us, when we grew up, expressed ourselves in ways that perhaps caused concern to our parents. (laughs) We're all fine right now. (laughs) Well, you know, running around as a young boy wearing a bra up and down the street, (laughs) perhaps caused some concern, but I knew it was okay when my mother once offered me a bra and some lemons. (laughs) I think she knows I can tackle this world on my own. (laughs) I love that. Um, Now, with schools, some schools will have different rules when it comes to dress codes. Like some will have really strict guidelines, um, not only on what children wear, as in their socks and their shoes and how long their shorts or skirts are, but also what their hair and nails 
look like? And I'm wondering in that environment, is that a good thing? Are those boundaries a good thing to teach them or not? I did my research. I spoke to a whole heap of <laughs> friends about this question <laughs> because you got to be balanced, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, and one friend was adamant that setting those codes is a form of democracy. It says to children, I don't care about the resources you have to have the flashiest bag, the nicest shoes, whatever it is. We're all equal here. So therefore, adopting a form of sameness is a way of saying there is no privilege to one over the other because of the resources your family have. Hmm. Now, did I want to hear that? Not really. <laughs> Not really. I'm sitting here being interviewed and I've got my black nail polish on, if I were to be absolutely honest. They need redoing, but I've got my black nail polish on. Yeah, It's a way of expressing ourselves. But I can see that for some schools, the history of uniforms is about creating a form of us-ship, coming together. There's something that unites us. However, I was also the child who went to a school where these codes were in place. And I have vivid memories of the school teacher walking behind me and cutting my hair with a piece of, with some scissors, <gasps> a pair of scissors, because it was touching my collar. Oh my God. You know, I don't think that made me a better or worse student, actually, having short or long hair. Again, I think it's a fine line. Do you know, those guidelines, I think, are worth asking the why questions. Why are they in place? Perhaps even asking children, why do you think? these are in place, they are there. I mean, sometimes we can't shift the systems we're in. But doesn't that offer us a wonderful opportunity to talk to children about how else can you express yourself? How else, you know, what else makes you different in this place? Your values, the way you speak, the way you move your body, that's also another way of being different. So Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a fine line there between democracy and, well, also democracy. Democracy if we all want to look the same and democracy if I have a right to be who I am. And it's such an interesting question for me because we're on the cusp of uh, children moving from primary school to high school and I know there's many parents looking at different primary schools. So there's not, you know, you can go to your local public school, you can choose a Catholic school, an independent school, or you can choose a private school. All of those will have different values and we're in this strange struggle because my husband has long hair and he was told to cut his hair when he was in high school, but he basically left the school. His dad went in and talked to them and said, look, he's going to leave anyway. He's got long hair. He's not going to cut it before he goes. And of course, my son not only idolizes his father, but has this beautiful mane of white blonde hair that has become part of his sense of self. He, I don't even think he sees it as a form of expression. It's just who he is, is this boy with a long mane of blonde hair. And so when we think about where he goes, if he was to go to a Catholic school in high school or even in primary school, he'd be required to cut his hair. And so the conundrum we find ourselves in, which I don't know my parents would have had the same problems, is we don't want to ask him to cut his hair. We want him to have the best education he can get, but we don't want to ask him to cut his hair. So it's kind of this battle between respecting his right to self-expression and who he is and then 
choosing the best education for him and the best system for him. So I'm wondering what your perspective is on that. Do you know, it always takes trailblazers to change the world. If, if I would say, if this is the school you would like and your child would like to go to, I would approach that principal. I would say, I do hope the hair is not a deal breaker. <laughs> what, what, what could we do? Could it be tied back? Like, is the acceptance of someone into this system really based on the length of their hair? I mean, I would put pressure on the school to say, is this really a deal breaker to allow someone to come into the system? Because we know that schools are trying to keep abreast of more contemporary ways of dealing with the fluidity of, you know, the politics of who our identities are. And I use the word identities because we're more than one. When we show up to work, we are not who we show up when we go home. You know, and so children do know how to navigate their identities from one place to another. But I would be speaking to that school because maybe that will be the parent who really gets them to rethink perhaps how silly a rule like that is around a student who has a right to be there and a family who really want their child to be there. Now, look, if it becomes a deal breaker, and I absolutely understand why having a beautiful mane of hair is just something <laughs> you're so proud of. I personally wouldn't go to the system. Mm. I would not enter that system if that's the deal breaker, but I would make that decision based prior on trying to do some advocacy work around saying, let's really think about what year we're in these days. We're like, we're not in the 1900s here. <laughs> this is 2022. This really can't be the thing that makes and breaks a child coming into this system. And it's a, it's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because when I talk to, to parents about how they choose the primary school or the high school that their child goes to, everyone has their own list of values. Um, and some people are really focused on the academic record or how the students are performing socially or, or all those sorts of things, which of course can change year to year anyway. Um, but what we're talking about are the values you embody as a family, isn't it? Because we were thinking, oh, we're being a bit silly being so protective of his hair. But then if you told me, no, well, go and cut his hair now, I would find that really hard. I'd feel like I was betraying his trust. Um, Absolutely. So it's kind of, it's interesting to know how far we've come because we're not even talking about gender identities or um, wanting to express ourselves as a different gender at a school. This is just a, a hair thing <laughs> or a nail thing. Wouldn't it be a lovely uh, opportunity to hand back to the child to say, I would love, I'm here to support you, but what's the choice you'd like to make right now? What choice would you like to make around whether you cut your hair and enter this school or not? I mean, these are the lessons in life that we, we do encounter. And they might turn to us as parents or significant others. But in the first instance, I think this is a lesson in life around we find ourselves at a crossroad and it's hard. So let's work through this. What are the pros and cons? And I, without trying to do some displaced responsibility, I would say to the, the child, what would you like to see happen? What's your choice? Let's talk through And outside of school, um, you know, let's say on school holidays or weekends, that sort of thing, 
when kids want to, say, dye their hair, paint their nails wacky colours, you know, do all the sorts of things, bar tattooing. <laughs> let's, let's be honest, I am not going to let my child get a tattoo. <laughs> but with the other forms of self-expression, should we be encouraging that or should we be setting boundaries? It's quite interesting. I'm, I'm Gen X and I remember a point where my daughter wanted to wear red nail polish. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you can't wear red nail polish because my mother said that to me. And then I stopped and I thought, what's the difference between red nail polish, blue nail polish, black nail polish? You know, I couldn't see, <laughs> I couldn't see a difference. You know, I think those, those summer breaks are those summer breaks. I mean, I would say run wild as a child. <laughs> if this is if this is an opportunity to get outside of the uniform of what, how we should perform, hair colour, shoes we wear, let loose. I mean, we all do it, don't we? I mean, we think about all those summer outfits we buy to go on holidays knowing we will never wear that caftan <laughs> or that sarong, but we buy it anyway because it's a form of release from the mundaneness of everyday life. So it may be about saying, we're on six weeks holiday. If you want to colour your hair, go crazy. If you want to do your nails, go crazy. Noting that when we go back to school, we're going to have to go back to what we've agreed to around how your hair should be and your nails are. And I know that might sound like I'm playing both the conservative and the kind of a bit more progressive or flexible, but those rules apply to us, don't they, at work? You know, there are some things you can and can't wear to work. There are some things, a way when you rock up to a meeting, you should be dressed appropriately. And they're the lessons we learn in life. So when we're on holidays, I say you're not performing for anyone. There are no constraints. But let's be realistic. When you go back to work, you're not wearing that caftan. <laughs> That's so wrong. Like, I mean, I, I I put my nice shoes on after two years of being locked down, <laughs> not going, and I felt like I had high heels on. They were flat, but they were. I was like, oh, I don't remember wearing these shoes with laces because I've been wearing thongs for two years. Or, but, but we all, and you know, we all survive it, don't we? We all get back into it. But I think the message we want to send children is, you're enough. You are enough. Don't let a system that we sign up to make you feel less because there are some rules we have to stick by. I still love you. Your uniform doesn't define you. The colours of your nail don't define you because in 10 years' time you'll look back and go, I can't believe I had that hairstyle. <laughs> that is a very good note to end on, Anthony. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, and um, I always appreciate our conversations. Thanks, Anthony. That's Anthony Saman. He's an early learning educator from Saman and Slattery. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.